of the Lord. How I many are glad this morning? Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, Yes, I was glad when they said unto me, Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, Come, let us go into the house of the Lord. I came running. house of the Lord this morning. Did you rejoice when you said it's Sunday morning I can get up and get ready and head to the house of the Lord and worship with those of like faith this morning? Amen. We have a few written requests. We will remember our pastor first of all this morning. He's not only had the back and the, the foot problems, but I think now he's got, got a little something, sinuses or something affecting his voice and he's having a hard time speaking. Uh, but I don't know if he's going to attempt it today, but if he is, let's pray for him. Let's pray for him anyway, if he's not, that God will just restore him and give him strength today. Also, we want to continue to remember Brother Ron and Sister Veronica in our prayers. And there's a, a, a Marvin Lusk that has got a brain surgery on Tuesday. And this is a, a friend, a Sister Ashley, so we remember them, that the Lord will just touch them today. And we'd like to welcome all of our visitors this morning, God bless you. Welcome to the service today. And we also want to remember Sister uh, Melissa in our prayers this morning, Sister Angelina's sister. And I'm sure there's other needs. If you just make those known by uplifted hand this morning, God knows what our needs are in the service today, and, and he's mindful of those needs. Just take them to the Lord this morning and just come expecting that God's going to move. Amen. Not just, we're not just here in vain this morning, but we're here because we have needs and we're looking for God to move in our midst this morning. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come lead us in prayer this morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Not just because you wanted to be here, because you had something you need this morning. Amen. Let's just all go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, what an opportunity this morning, Lord. Lord, you've heard the cries of your people, Lord. And you've heard their happiness that they're here this morning to worship you. And Lord, they're glad to come and to receive. And Lord, we ask you to come upon the scene now, Lord. And Lord, you see the request that we laid before you in the hearts on our hearts, Lord, and our desires and our minds, Lord. Request we have for family, hands that are raised. 
You see every need that we see in this church, Lord. And Lord, we lay them before you this morning, Lord, believing that you'll move in a mighty way, Lord, believing that you'll settle down amongst each and every one, Lord, and you'll heal their bodies, Lord, and heal their conditions, Lord, and bring unto them salvation, Lord, and be a truth, Lord, be a witness, be a, a guide in their lives, Lord. And Lord, we ask you to touch us this morning, Lord, as we would enter into your service, Lord. Lord, let everything be done in according to your word, Lord. And Lord, would you move in every situation, Lord? Would you move in Brother Mark and the musicians, Lord, to lead us in a praise and worship session, Lord? To, Lord, anoint our hearts, to prepare our hearts, Lord. And Lord, as the minister would come and, Lord, minister the word of God, Lord, would you be with him in a mighty way, Lord? And Lord, feed us this morning, Lord. Encourage us, correct us, Lord. Lift us up. Lord, be with us, Lord, is our prayer, Lord. And Lord, we give you the honor this morning, Lord. And we realize it's nothing that we can do. But, Lord, we're here waiting on you to move, Lord. Lord, move amongst us, Lord, is our prayer. In your lovely name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. And to have your seats just for a moment this morning. stand this morning. Are your hearts prepared this morning? Are you ready to worship him? Amen. God bless you. And I heard your answer. You said you was ready to worship this morning. So we're looking for some help today. Our, our pastor mentioned this song a couple of services ago and I can't seem to get it off my mind so we're going to try to sing it again this morning. I'm pressing on the upward way, 
I don't know about you, but I walk in and I hear this music start playing. It just does something to me. It just does. When I was younger, I let rock and roll do it, but I'm so glad that God changed my heart. And now this right here, it just thrills me. It just thrills me to hear all this beautiful music. You ought to be just so excited and want to worship the Lord with all of your heart this morning that we're blessed to have it. We couldn't be here this morning with nothing, but God has given us everything. What more could we ask for this morning? As the old song said, what more could he do? He's laid the foundation and opened up the way. What more can he do? Amen. Let's just sing this old song. Happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus walked. Oh, when Jesus walked. thankful for that happy day when Jesus washed all of our sins away. Taught me how to watch, fight, and pray. You say fight. Yes, he taught us to fight. Have on the full armor of God and go forth as a soldier fighting this morning. 
Praise the Lord. I just feel like singing this this morning as well. I'm fixing to be flat. Be flat. Oh, Lord, my God, when I about it consider all the things
How great is our God. How great is his word. How great it is that he gave us eyes to see and ears to hear. Revelation in this hour. What's going to give us rapture and faith to change us from this old vile body? I just want to sing about the goodness of God. We hadn't sung it in a couple of weeks, but I want to sing about it this morning. You ought to be able to sing this with all your heart. I'm telling you this morning. If you don't help me, that's okay. I'll sing it by myself. All right, let's sing it. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails. For your mercy never fails me all of my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment, from the moment that I wake up till I feel that way saying
how good he is to his bride. It's, it's his wife. He treats her so good. Gives her the best of everything. Amen. You may say, well, I don't have it. Yes, you do. Right. You're here this morning and you're in the house of God where there is spirit and truth. What else could you ask for this morning? I'm, I'm just blessed with the goodness of God. I could sit here and sing, uh, but the pastor said he would preach whatever I sang and then he'll probably multiply it, so I better quit this morning. We'll have that you have your seat and have our ushers to come, if they would, and receive the morning offering. You just give it to the Lord, and I know he'll bless every effort. And I, I hate to wear Brother Ben out, but he stays on the road so much that when we have him, we want to take advantage of him being here. So, Brother Ben, I'd like for you to come sing for us again this morning, if you would, my brother, and help us. Appreciate our Brother Ben this morning, don't we? I'll try not to mess you up this time. You got me so inspired, I just had to get up and sing. Why do they leave? Isn't this message still the same? Why do they seek for something more than simplicity? Why do they turn, turn their back on you, O oh Lord? Why do they For something more Your truth is what I follow It will still be true tomorrow What I believe is not the work of any man Your kingdom can't be shaken On this glorious foundation while others fall, here I stand. I know you said there's a great falling away. I know they've tried to complicate 
what you say but in my soul I'm sure of the rock I stand upon one thing I know I will press on and your truth is what I follow can you say man and it will still be true tomorrow what I believe is not the work of any man your kingdom can't be shaken on this glorious foundation while others fall here i stand on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is And while others fall, while others fall, while others fall, while others fall, here I stand. Your kingdom's what I follow. Yes, sir. It'll still be true tomorrow. What I believe is not the work of any man. Oh, your kingdom can't be shaken on this glorious foundation. How many is there? While others fall, here I stand. While I wonder if I can get a witness in the house this morning. How many standing on that gospel foundation? While others fall, oh, praise his name. While others fall, fall around us as they may. Oh, while others fall, here Ah! 
become him my grave. Oh, if you're thankful, let's sing it this morning. Oh, and he, he became me that I might become him by grace, by joy to be in the house of the Lord with the very express thoughts of God. You are an attribute of God, a thought of God, expressed. A thought expressed is a word. And how do we live for the Lord? A life lived by the word is the expressed word. And today, by God's grace, we are the very expression, a thought becoming flesh. Living in an age to defeat everything that Satan has set out to come against our lives over. We were born for a purpose. And God did not finish all of his work while he was here on earth. But today he is through his bride finishing the last and final hallelujah. The final lap is left up to us. There's a work for you and I to do this morning. Somebody said, well, you know, I just want to believe Jesus. Well, Jesus wants to believe in us because he's left to work for the bride to do this morning. What a joy to be in the house of the Lord to worship uh, Jesus Christ. Certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see a full house today. We want to welcome my brother Chris and sister Ada. God bless you. Uh, it's a privilege to, to have you with us this morning. And all of you are guests in our gates. Happy to have you in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe God will do something very special for you today. How do I know that? Because I expect that. And you'll get just what you expect. If you expect to see a miracle, God will do it for you. If you're here to expect the supernatural, then God will flow in this place with all the supernatural power and touch you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Do you believe that? What do you want tonight to this morning out of the service? You just tell it all to Jesus. But we're happy to serve the Lord with you this morning. This is the tithings you give to the Lord, and God will bless you for doing so. And let's just quieten our spirits together. Lift our hands up to, to the Lord once you give your tithe to Him. Just get lost in His presence just for a moment, and let's just settle our spirit and think about these words. It is well with my soul. It is well. When the world is falling apart, and the world is again falling apart, 
I wonder how many here can lift their hands up and say, it is well with my soul. Let's sing it together, a few verses of that, a couple of stanzas. When peace like a river attended my
Turn around to someone next to you and said, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord with you. Certainly appreciate our musicians and all the wonderful songs. Brother Ben, I love that song. Praise God. Here I stand by God's grace on Christ the solid rock. I stand all other grounds are sinking sand. Let's remember the meetings coming up, uh, anniversary meetings here, August 9th and 20th, Brother Tim Pruitt, and then also the uh, South Carolina meetings will be here in two weeks, so we're just believing uh, the Lord for uh, great blessings. I've had many calls this week, and brethren from all over different places, Miami, around the world, several from uh, Africa and different places and around the States will be there, and I didn't realize that the meeting was running in parallel with the Ruth, North Carolina meeting, so many of the brethren that are coming in for that meeting will be there, a good number of uh, ministers and pastors from around the world, so we're looking for a great, great time of fellowship uh, in the presence of the Lord. I spoke with Brother Henry Simmons, the um, host pastor, a couple of days ago. I said, well, uh, all I got to tell you is Satan is fighting, but he hasn't won. And we are going to keep believing and pressing, and uh, so I just feel something supernatural is going to happen here in these services, and I know it's going to happen here this morning. If you believe, you know God is able to meet all of our needs according to His riches in glory. Well, this morning I'd like to announce uh, the pregnancy of Bethany and Cameron Halton. God bless them both. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we have some uh, cherry on top of the ice cream. They are having their long-awaited boy. Yes. Praise God. So, hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Brother Haltom, one day may be your pastor. Who knows? Amen. Amen. Little Dawson Haltom. We're looking forward to that. He's been, I've been waiting for him for quite a while now. So I love my girls. Amen. But I can't wait for that boy to get here so I can train him up good. Amen. To love the Lord. I saw him, you know. The Lord showed him to me. And I believe that it's going to be great. So congratulations. We certainly love you and appreciate you. Uh, Revelation chapter 2. If you'll go with me in, uh, into a couple of places this morning. 
I announced I will be ministering on the, the creation restored. And the Holy Spirit reminded me uh, uh, just after I left the pulpit, you have some unfinished business to do. Tell the people to return to their first love. Right. Amen. So Revelation chapter 2, I'm just going to obey God this um, morning with yeah. it. And we've read it many times, but just to refresh your mind. Sister Johnson, it's so good to see you. How are you feeling? Feeling better. God bless you. We miss you. Been praying for you. Amen. Welcome back. Hallelujah. And unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars. And hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake, hast labored, and hast not fainted. These are church members. These are not the, the, the unbelievers. These are, these are church members. Uh, he's speaking to here. You see, it is so easy for a church to get in a condition. It's so easy for an individual to get in a condition. It doesn't change who we are on the inside, but we are battling through the flesh that we're in. And the flesh constantly has to be reminded that inside of it is the Logos that came out of God. And this that surrounds it is just the wrappings around us. This body, this flesh, this spirit is just the wrappings that house that germ life of God that God places there. He says now, nevertheless I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first work or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou Repent. Back in the early stage, Brother Ben, of the message I call the early Pentecostal stage of the message. Because we were coming out of uh, Pentecost organization, we still carry a little bit of this and a little bit of that over into the message with us, you know. And you know, in the church age, Brother Brown actually talked about the candlestick being the pastor. But I remember preaching that so hard because we loved it. You don't straighten up, God's going to take your pastor. He's the candlestick of the church. But, you know, we see the bigger picture of all of it now. It's the body of Christ, isn't it? All right. In the book of Hosea now, please. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. And we have covered these scriptures, but I'm going to base the message again. Hopefully, I can get some material um, preached before you today. God's given me. Hosea. One of the contemporary of Amos. Hosea chapter 6 verse 1. Come let us return unto the Lord. For he had torn and he will heal us. You know God sometimes will tear us. So that he can heal us. God sometimes will straight talk jack us up. So that we can be torn down. Is that right? Come on, I'm going to preach this morning. God knows just how to get our attention. He knows how to tear us so he can heal us. 
maybe there are some things growing inside of us that's not in the image of God. And God takes a spiritual x-ray of us through the ministry that he's placed in the church, through the evangelist, the pastor, and everyone. And then he interprets that x-ray. And he said, you know what, there's something out of line here. There's something growing inside of you that's not of me. And I want to I wanna rip this out. I want to tear it out so that you can grow into my image. Is that right? I've got a little bit of Satan that has entered into you that I need to pull out of your life. You know, Judas was a good man, but what made him bad was when Satan entered into him. And none of us are excluded from Satan entering into us. And what we would call it is a bad spirit, a wrong attitude, being disgruntled. Having the wrong attitude and spirit towards others in the church or towards God. So God sometimes has to rip us. He has to tear us out so that he can heal us. He is smitten and he will bind us up. Hallelujah. I'm glad there is hope. And after two days, uh, we'll be revived us. And the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Praise God. You're not going to be down forever. You're not going to stay broken forever. You're not going to be messed up forever. You're not going to stay in the condition that you're in. Because in God's mind, he has already seen and declared the masterpiece of you. You believe it? You might be looking at all where you're at right now. And God is looking beyond all of that. He's saying, I've already stamped out the perfection of you. You believe it? He said, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord is going forth, is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and former rain upon the earth. Praise God. In other words, if God has sown in you, God's going to reap you. You believe that? If you're a seed of God and he is sowed into you, he's going to reap you. You cannot have the latter rain unless you, the, the former rain unless you have the latter rain. You got to have the sowing and the reaping. If you're a child of God and you have a seed of God in you, then God's going to reap you. How many are ready to be reaped? God's going to harvest you. You believe that? If you came out of the loins of God, he's going to harvest you. And bring forth fruits in your life. Oh, Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee, O Judah? What shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as the morning cloud, and as the early dew it goeth away. Therefore have I used them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and thy judgments are as the light that goeth forth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to continue this morning on uh, return to your first love. This is part 16. I wonder how many here may have a need. Maybe you're sick in your body and you're hurting. I believe Sister Ada has got some back pain. They're visiting us today. We want to pray with you. And how many uh, just know that God is able to just touch you right now? Would you bow your heads with me? Our Heavenly Father, indeed, we are grateful to be back in the house of God. And we ask that... Your sweet Holy Spirit will just flow, flow through uh, this sanctuary, not just the building, Lord, but through every body, every person, Lord. 
Maybe there's some sort of ailment in their body. I ask that the presence of God will come, Lord, and touch them like they've never been touched. Touch her sister Ada's back right now. I can sympathize with her this morning and how she feels, Lord. Every hand that was lifted, you see the need, maybe spiritual need, physical need, domestic need, financial need, whatever the needs are, the Word of God has said that God shall supply all of our needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We commit ourselves the service into your hand. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church says, Amen. Amen. You may be seated uh, this uh, morning. Brother Mark, thank you for trying to stay on time, but you were still late. Amen. I still love you. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Isn't it a joy to serve the Lord? Isn't it wonderful to love the Lord Jesus? Amen. Friends, I tell you, there's just nothing like it. Right. The world will try to tell you that, you know, serving God is just as, you know, it's just as good as being in the world and having a good time. But you got to understand that their good times are only temporary. But this same earth that we're in, we're going to come back and enjoy it by God's grace. This is just in a cursed form, but I'm looking forward to it when it's all cleaned up and sanctified and enjoy it. This is the world that you will live in and enjoy it because God wants you to have it. Now we've had the martyr's age as we've been pointing out to you through uh, the several uh, sermons in the past on this subject and showing how the anointing upon the Jews and coming through the Feast of the Trumpets and such like, and those early saints went through that time of a martyr's age under their trumpet, all seven trumpet blew, we notice, under the sixth seal, and then the stage of the reformers' age, that is from the time of Ephesus down through the Laocian church age, and now the calling out time of the bride of Christ. So we've had the martyr's age, we've had the reformers age, but now I believe that we're living in the bride age. You believe it? Not an eighth age, but an extension of the seven, because we know that the Laocian age is a twin dispensation that God was calling out the bride out of the church, out of Pentecostalism, organized religion, into the church of the firstborn as it was in Ephesus. So Christ himself is called out the bride. You believe it? Now Hosea said in verse 6, Return to the Lord. This is the Jews. Remember he said that they would be scattered and they were as we know it. And is now as we see it a time that uh, is a calling out, uh, not of the Jews, but of the bride of Christ. They've had their time. They have had their season. And God scattered them. And uh, he will regather Israel. As we know, the Bible told us that Israel will be saved in one day. All Israel, all Israelites 
will be saved in one day as uh, in, the, in the Gentile dispensations. God deals with us as individuals. God picks one out here and another over here and he picks out his thoughts. But as we see it now, return to the Lord. As we see the scripture, I bring this to show the parallel of how close the rapture is for the church. This is how close the rapture is. Listen, and Hosea said, after two days, after two days, he will return to them and he will revive after two days. We've had uh, more than two days, over 2,000 years, that God has been dealing and gathering Israel. And I believe it's time that God will now return to His church. He's getting the people ready for the rapture of uh, the translation that He has given us. Now realize, church, that what we preach here is not foreign. But yet what we preach here is not for everybody. This is a, a called out message. This is the evening light message. This is the message to rapture the church. This is a calling back to the feast of the trumpets for the bride. Now what the seven trumpets were to Israel is what the sixth seal and the seventh is to the bride. I remember all six seals have been, has been opened and we're waiting now for the seven to, to be open, and that is the rapture. I believe that uh, the series of the seven seal has been opened and we're waiting for the manifestation of the seventh seal. Because the seventh seal brings Christ back to earth. And we know it's not so much uh, him coming, but us going to meet him. This is the seventh seal. So notice now, remember the third day. This is the rapture of the bride. He will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. But notice now that nothing can happen uh, until Israel is actually in our place. Nothing can happen until all this has transpired. And God has been working upon his Jewish church. We see them returning to the homeland. We see great things been happening. And God has already have his messenger prepare to revisit Israel. You believe that? To the spirit of Elijah will go back Moses and Elijah. And someone's asked, would it literally be Elijah? It would be the spirit of Elijah. And God knows who those are. And he will bring that ministry back to the Jews. Right at the time that the bride is raptured, the Jews now is getting ready to receive their Messiah. Oh, church, I believe God wants me to tell you today that it's time that we return to our first love. So he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Remember, the third day is the rapture. The third day is the rapture. The third day is the seventh day. It is the eighth day. Jesus arose on the seventh day. It was the resurrection. 
Israel will be gathered together again for uh, the receiving of Elijah on the seventh day, which is the eternal day, the beginning. There's no, no other day after uh, after the seventh. You go back into eternity now. It's the eighth. Eight is the eternity. So we see now that the church must come to that place. It's not a myth. It is not some uh, fairy tale. It is not an old story that we've been telling for many years. It is a reality. The rapture is going to happen someday. Ready or not, the rapture will happen. You believe that? So the church must return to its first love. And to make the same, make sure that we are not just uh, repeating the same mistake that the Ephesians church did. And we read there in the passage that uh, they had left that love that they once had for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now we're beginning to see the Spirit of the Lord lifting upon the earth. You don't have those meetings like you used to. You don't feel that power and that surge like you used to. Because you see, I believe that God is dealing with individuals. God is dealing with people. He's dealing with human hearts. And we cannot now depend upon the revivals to uh, revive us. We must be revived by the power of God in our souls. The revival is not collective or universal anymore. The revival is universal. That's why when you bring your pit of fire and I bring my pit of fire, then we can have the Holy Ghost in the meeting. You believe it? But they left that love they once had for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And we're beginning to see that. We're beginning to see that dying out amongst the Christian church and make no difference what organization you're of or affiliation and sect or ranch you're in. We've got many in the message. As long as we understand that Satan wants to do one thing. And that's to put a damper upon your Holy Ghost. He wants to cool you off. He wants to get you to shut up. He wants you uh, to a place to where you become formal, indifferent. Like a candle, when it's dried up, it becomes, uh, it becomes uh, deformed and hard. But once that candle uh, had the fire upon it, uh, it had illumination. It can be formed and fashioned. Come on now. Yes, but they left, uh, as we see it, for the, the early church. They had left uh, that uh, pouring of the Holy Ghost. And they slid backwards into formality. I want to say to you, Ephesians Church, don't let that happen again. It is so easy to get into formality. And the first church had to battle against the attitude of carelessness. It's so easy to take on the mentality of the world around us. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be. Well, you know what? That's not the application in this case. What God has will be. It's not what will be, will be. What God has ordained will manifest. And I believe we need to be careful of that attitude of carelessness in our lives, in our walk with God. 
We can't just depend upon the church or individuals. We have to see ourselves as an individual with God. Are you following me now? Now the very name uh, Ephesus uh, has a strange compound meaning aimed at and relaxed. Have you ever seen an age like we're in? It's just relaxed. You know, the, 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 line, the line in the sand is uh, becoming blur. That people don't know the difference anymore between righteousness and unrighteousness. Between the world and the church. People as relaxed in the sage. The entire mental attitude of our generation is, is relaxed into uh, just whatever happened, just let it happen. When you're a child of God, you're focused on Christ. You believe it? Already we see the age was backsliding in Ephesus and it left, it left its first love and they became complacent. They became very complacent. I want to say to you, be careful, brother of Christ, because uh, complacency will lead to destruction. And you have to be careful that Satan does not uh, lay you in a state of complacency and then you find your spiritual life in a stage of destruction. It's important as Christians that we understand these things. It's easy to drift back into a backslidden condition. And Satan wants you to drift away from the presence of God. Satan hates no more than you being in the presence of God. As long as you say you're a Christian, that's fine. As long as you say you had a good gathering, that's fine. But the moment you begin to move into the presence of God, Satan has a problem with that. Because I tell you, if there was ever a time that we need the presence of God, it's now. Hallelujah. To peel away all the corruption of Laosia and the spirit of Laosia from our life. The demons that are pouring into this age. And not only after the make-believers and the unbelievers. You are not expelled from them. As the bride of Christ, we have to keep our guards up. Knowing that we're children of God. That is exactly the position of the Ephesus church. And now history is repeating again, and the Alpha Ephesians bride is faced with the same challenges in this age. What Ephesus dealt with is what the last day church is dealing with. This mentality of just, uh, just lax, just relax, just carefree, just carelessness. Friends, I believe we're not careless people. We are people of God. I believe Paul instructs us. Paul will say to us, be sober, be vigilant, to be watchful. For your adversary, the devil, is out to destroy you. The fire of the Holy Ghost has gone out of their lives. You believe that? Their testimony for Jesus Christ has lost its savor. They used to love going to church, but now it's a duty. Come on, church. Now, and now, now it's a duty. It's a, it's a drag. It's, it's a bother. It's an inconvenience. It, it, it is just, uh, it's, church is not priority anymore. 
Church ought to be the best thing in our lives. Once upon a time, I was sharing with my wife this morning, once upon a time in the church in Atlanta, we had an old 92-year-old sister that used to drive the church uh, on Sunday morning through all of the Atlanta traffic. And she had this square sign in the front of, the church, of her car that said, meet me in church on Sunday. The question I want to ask you is, what is your once upon a time? And what will your once upon a time be? Someday when it's heard or re- uh, rehearsed. Praise God. It's a time where, you know, people used to love to go to church. But now it's a duty. It's a drag. It's a bother. It's an inconvenience. You got to love to go to church. You got to love church. The Bible said Christ loved the church. There's nothing wrong with you loving your church. You ought to be saying, if I can't be there, I'm streaming my service. Because I want to be in my church. I love my church. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has made it so now to where we have no excuses. Even if you're not here, you've got technology that can put you in that service. Hallelujah. Come on. But God wants you to feed on that word. You believe it? Yes, but it used to be where we love to go to church. Now it's just a bother. It's a, it's a drag. It's a, everything else takes its place. Oh, the kids have got to go to practice. Oh, uh, I've got to go to work. What is so important that we can take a couple of hours of our time in a week and give it to God. You need to teach your children that church comes first. Before ball practice, church comes first. You need to tell the soccer coach and the baseball coach, we go to church on Sunday. Come on now. I'm getting ready to preach in this house. Because we believe in a God that lives. Amen. Amen. Praise God anyhow. Hallelujah. We used to love to go to church. Let's face it. We used to love to go to church. I couldn't wait until church time. We loved church. We enjoyed church. Church was our life and it still ought to be our life. But now it's an inconvenience. Don't worry. Just let me park here for a little while. Hey Amen. I ain't going anywhere. I, I, just let me park right here just for a few more, more moments. Hey Amen. I got a few things to tell you. Hey Amen. Come on, church. I'm going to move in just a moment, but I'm going to park here for a while. I want to tell you, God wants me to tell you, you need to be in the house of God. Christ is the mystery of God revealed for all the quotations and quotarians. Amen. Don't stay home. If God is in your heart, you can't hardly wait for them doors to open up yonder. You heard it a million times, but has it become a reality? You can quote it. You can finish this quote for me, but has it become a reality? Don't stay home if God is in your heart. You can't hardly wait for them doors to open up yonder to get in there to fellowship with your brothers. Hey, if you think, if you think the church is boring... You're going, you, you, and you think you're going to heaven? Heaven is the most rejoicing place there is. Heaven is not a boring place. There's singing, there's shouting, there's choirs, there's preaching. Come on now. We even go down to the river of life and maybe take a swim. Who knows? Church is not boring. Heaven is not boring. 
If you think church is boring, you can't go to heaven. Come on, church. Because church is exciting. Church is for everybody. The rich, the poor, the middle class. If you're on the east side, the west side, the north side, the south side, church is for you. Are you with me now, church? Hallelujah. He said to get here to fellowship. With, why do we go to church? To fellowship with our brothers. You know why folks don't like to come to church? They got too many odds against their brothers. But you ought to go there to fellowship with your brothers. And if you don't feel that way, I tell you, it's time you go to praying. It's time that we start praying. It's not right. Praise God. So God is no longer, as we see it in the hearts of many, just in their heads. What we got is a head knowledge religion. People going from one group to the next, just passing one member to the other. Taking our membership from one church to the other, from one rank to the other. We're not different. Let's not talk about denomination. Let's speak about the church now. The bride church. We may not have a letter, but we done wore out some of the church views. Come on, folks. God is no longer in the hearts of many, just in their heads. They have intellectual religion, serving God intellectually, a scientific faith. A scientific religion will never take the place of revelation faith. That's why people are falling up. All they had was knowledge. All they had knowledge is not going to get you anywhere. Judas had had knowledge, but he didn't have, have a revelation but thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. The priests in Jesus' day, they had had knowledge. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had had knowledge. Is that right? But a little prostitute woman, hallelujah. Amen, she had a revelation. Amen, she dropped a water pot and went into the city. Come see a man that told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the Messiah? There was a difference. There's a difference. And frankly, right now, God don't care what your background was. Hallelujah. As long as you had representation by predestination. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care if you're standing before three giants right now. God has said that you are his and the devil can't have you. You believe it? Oh, praise God. My, I read this to you some weeks back in the power of transformation. Brother Bram said that he has his, uh, and he, he has his kind of Eden. Satan does. In these 6,000 years, he has formed, not created, but deformed God's whole, uh, whole earth. His creatures, the animals, hybriding, interbreeding, hybriding, trees, plants, humans. By the way, let me say something right here. People talking about hybriding and all these different things. Humans cannot be hybrid. Human blood and human flesh cannot be hybrid. It's things that are hybrids. One human can give another human a blood transfusion and they'll live together. You hear people on this big old thing about hybriding and hybriding and intermixing and, and, and hybriding. There is only one form of hybriding and that's against the word of God. 
I know there are such things as for trees and animals and other things like that. But in the creation of God, we all share the same blood. Can you say amen? Praise God. We have the same bloodline. Amen. Humans, as far as from one human to the next, cannot hybrid. They only pass on a germ, a sperm, and more production happens. But notice now, he said... He said, hybriding, he said, interbreeding, hybriding trees, plants. And he said, human right there, even to religion, the Bible, amen, church. Here's what he's getting to until it has got itself a complete garden of Eden of science. Everything moving by what? Science. I'm not against medical science. I'm not against science. But science must coordinate with God's word. Is that correct? My, my, my. What a day, what a time that we live as we see this now. Let's, let's move. Let's move into this as we see it now. He said, even, even the Bible itself, as we see it, he's got a, himself a, a, a complete Garden of Eden of science, everything moving by science. Science is the same uh, pattern he did. He also has done to the church, perverted her over. He carried out his plan today through his hybrid church. It's modern Eden that we have today. We're living in a scientific Eden, science Eden, a scientific Eden. And what does it produce, friends? What does it produce? Let me ask you a good sound question. What does it produce? Intellectual faith? It has produced an intellectual religion? It has it made us intellectually uh, religious? But has it changed us? Has it changed our nature? Has it changed who we were? Is it changing us for the better into the image of God? I say to you this morning that intellectual faith is not enough. Your experience must come by a divine faith. A faith that is divine. That cannot explain it or cannot maybe even spell it. But yet you know God, I have faith enough to believe for my healing. And I have faith enough to believe for my salvation and for my family. What am I saying? Head religion will reason and rationalize every circumstance. It will. It will rationalize every circumstance and everything that you are dealing with. But you cannot serve God by mental faith. It will fall up when you're tried. When you're tried, it will fall up. When you're put to the test, intellectual faith is going to fail you. You're going to find yourselves disappointed because you had intellectual faith. What am I saying? Get back to God and let him transform you. You cannot be healed by mental faith. Circumstances cannot be changed by mental religion or religious faith. You've got to believe by faith. Knowing that Jesus Christ is the healer of your body and the provider of all of your needs this morning. You believe that. And if you're saved today, you're saved by what? Grace. By faith are you saved. You're saved by faith this morning. 
Amen. You believe it by faith. And, and uh, how many of us we can, we can say today we've witnessed uh, all these things that's happening around us. People and friends and associates who we never thought that will ever just give up and go back into the world. But you see, what resided in them was a conception, was just a knowledge. It was in the head and not in a heart. We don't need a head religion. We need a heart religion. We need to understand that our hearts have been turned back to the faith of the fathers. It was a message of Malachi 4 to turn us back to that place. You believe it? The church must get back to the place where we're infused with divine faith. Lord, take away my intellectual faith. Take away my religious faith. Infuse my body with divine faith. Like the early church where there were a tidal wave of a miraculous manifestation daily in their midst. You believe that? How many are earnestly contending for this? There ought to be miracles amongst us. There ought to be signs and wonders. The dead raised, the lepers uh, cleansed, uh, hallelujah. Those that have a need in their body, uh, hands laid upon them, and they shall recover. The Bible says they shall lay hand upon the sick, and they shall recover. Do you believe that? This is not outside of the church. This inside. This is inside. Do you believe it? Supernatural activities happening amongst us. Praise God. It should, it should not be so shocking. It should not be so astonishing when we have miracles. Miracles ought to be common amongst us, but yet grateful to have them. Miracles ought to be happening in our lives every day, friends. When we get up in the morning, we should be witnessing the miracles of God, supernatural activities in our lives. An electric power where the atmosphere is so pregnant with the presence of God. That there is a, a crescendo of a faith bank that's built up in our lives. That we speak the word of God and things happen in our lives. You believe it? God wants us to live like that. We're not just sitting back being spectators. We're not just sitting back just waiting to applaud all the miracles that happen. We need to be a miracle. We're not here to have a testimony meeting of everybody else that's got healed. You need to be up on your feet giving glory to God that by his stripes I am healed. Oh, but we love to be entertained. We want somebody to show us every other miracle except being a miracle. But I refuse to be everybody else's miracle. I want to be a living miracle for the cause of Jesus Christ. A miracle that's walking this morning. A miracle that's preaching this morning. You believe it? Oh, but how we love to be entertained. And like the song we sing, I can only imagine. Some people, that's all they can do. They can imagine. Amen. When they get to heaven, what they'll do. That's all they can do, friends. If you can't do in heaven what you can do now, you're not going there. If that's all you can do is imagine, you're in the wrong place. Come on, church. Hello, somebody. I'm preaching you this morning. I want to be that miracle that God has said will happen today. You believe it? Oh, my. The early church wasn't bothered over convenience. You know, that's the problem. Everybody say it with me. Convenience. 
if it's convenient. If it's convenient. You know, it wasn't convenient when Jesus died on the cross. It wasn't convenient when you sinned and you needed to shed blood. You need a sacrifice. It was a convenience when you backslide and you 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 are out in the world and you you are a whoremonger and and whatever you were. Amen. It wasn't convenient for the Son of God to die. The early church wasn't bothered over convenience. Their bosom was so inflamed by the holy fire of God, and that's all they wanted. And we're concerned about. When is the next meeting? The Bible tells us uh, uh, in the book of Acts. Uh, would tell us that they went from house to house. Worshiping God. Breaking bread. Now to go visit somebody. You got to give them two weeks notice. That you're coming. So they can get their act together. And their house together. Hello I'm talking to you. That's right. Let me get all the mess out of here. Amen. You ought to have it already taken care of. Ought to be able to knock on your door and say, I'm coming to eat bread with you. Where's that fried chicken, Sister Shirley? That sweet ham. Don't forget some boiled eggs, too. What's wrong with the church? What's wrong with the church? Amen. Convenience is taking its place. The message in sign. I've read it many times to you. Brother Bram said that Brother Bram would say, and, ju- and they just had a plain little old building where they just sat on slabs of rocks. And they would raise their hands uh, after some godly man give a message. And they raise up their hands and praise God. They loved that after effects of the Holy Spirit bathing through them. Come on, church. You're in too big of a hurry. Convenience has killed the Spirit of God in the church. Busyness has drained out the power of the Holy Ghost in the church. It has stopped up the vent of the Holy Ghost from flowing into the church. I'm preaching to you this morning. Amen. But they love that after effects of the Holy Spirit bathing down on them. Praise God. Hallelujah. But business and convenience has taken a place to where we've quenched the Spirit of God. And God is saying to us this morning, return to your first love. Oh God, let me come back to you. Amen. The church has lost its first love. And when you turn down your first love, listen, then you will accept any flirtatious lies and practices of this godless age. Because Satan is going to see that he fills you with convenience. I promise you this. Satan is going to look at your calendar and make sure you're solid booked up that you can't have prayer meetings. That you can't meet up with your brother. Amen. That you can't sing songs together. The Bible said they went from house to house breaking bread and singing psalms. Didn't Paul say to sing spiritual songs and hymns? Hallelujah. We ought to be singing the hymns of God. What does the church have today? Secular, amen, music taking this place than hymns. You got Christians singing secular songs. Secular people singing Christian songs. 
the, 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 the line in the sand has become blurred. Come on now. Hallelujah. You got Christians going to sidekicks. Sidekicks going to Christians. Amen. Prophets going to uh, uh, fortune tellers. Amen. The word of God has given us the absolute. It's quiet in here. Praise God. When this happened, there's no remorse, no conviction, no regrets. People blatantly becomes uh, uh, pugnacious, just a quarrelsome and combative nature inside of them. Just pugnacious about everything. They want to fight about everything. You know why? Because they're living in conviction. You just step around where they are one time, and they know they're in conviction. They're ready to just break back and want to have a fight with you. But praise God, I want to have that loving dove nature. I want to get rid of that wolf nature. Come on. That hog nature. That wolf. Amen. I want that wolf to lead my life. Amen. I want to have the nature of God inside of me. Over Brother Bram said, Redeem, uh, Redeemer's Redemption, 1955. That first love in your heart. Never let it get cold. Just keep loving him. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. And if I love you, I love your people. And if I love your people, I want to be where your people are at. Come on, church. Lord, I love you. Don't let that first love in your heart ever get to the place where it gets cold. Never let it get cold. Just keep loving him. Oh, God, take me back. Hallelujah. It's my message to you this morning. Take me back to the Shekinah glory. Take me behind the veil with you this morning. I'm tired of being in the sanctuary. Take me behind the veil. Rip the veil open and take me behind the veil. Hallelujah. Praise God. Some come to church and it's just a place where they sit. Remember there was the outer court, the inner court, and the holy place. Some people are just in that place of the holy place. But you got to move beyond the holy place into the holies of holies. Some of you come with me this morning. Let's go behind the veil. Believe it. Hallelujah. Take me where the shock kind of glory is. It looks nice in the holy place. We can preach about the church ages. We can preach about the seven golden candlesticks. We can preach about the furnitures. We can preach about the logistics of the message. But come, let's go behind the veil. Are you with me this morning? Let's go behind the veil where the Shekinah glory of God is. Help me is my prayer. Help me, dear God, is my prayer. God, take me back to an experience uh, like they had on the day of Pentecost. Take me back to my first love, the flames of your devotion for Jesus Christ and the revealed word. Praise God. Take me to that place when the flames of your devotion for Jesus Christ and the, and the revealed word begin to die down. Something's wrong. Everything is going to be all right. I got a, I got a word for you this morning. Everything is going to be all right. How can I stand here and tell you that? 
close to 30 years of pastoring and several years of evangelistic work and co-pastoring, I can tell you I'm still standing, Brother Ben, today. Hallelujah. I'm standing today by God's grace. And you are going to stand here with me by God's grace. And God is going to manifest his miraculous to you. You believe it? Because God is interested in you today. You believe that? Yes. You know, sometimes it's so easy to allow those, those flames of devotion where Jesus Christ just died down. You know, Brother Jonathan, what do you do when a, when a fire begins to die down? What do you do? You just begin to fan it. You fan those flames. Hallelujah. You come into the house of God and give God your ugly praise. Come on, church. In your ugly situation, in, in, your, in your ugly circumstance, with your ugly praise, you raise your hands and you begin to fan those flames of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? You remember my message on God wants your ugly praise. When your situation is ugly, amen, when your circumstance is ugly, God wants your ugly praise. And you know who he uses to put you in the pits? Ugly Judah. Oh, praise God. So you can get some ugly praise out of your life. You love him this morning. Praise God. Yes, even Timothy uh, became discouraged. And Paul encouraged him to fan the flame of his devotion to God. In 2 Timothy 1 and 6, the Bible would tell us, uh, Paul would tell us here, Therefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Praise God. For God had not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you got fear this morning, that's not the spirit of God. If you don't have any power, then that's not of God. If you don't have any love, then that's not of God. And if you feel like you're losing your mind, God has said he will give you a sound mind. Look at verse 8. Be, thou, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. If you are a Christian, you're going to have some afflictions. You're going to be religiously persecuted. Because so persecuted they, the prophets. But yet they long to see this day. That we're living in. And we're living at this time. And we're not excluded from the afflictions and persecutions. And, and all these things that come upon us. But yet God says, I will not give you too much that you cannot handle. You have confidence in those words. God help us. He said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. You know why I have afflictions in my body? Because of Jesus Christ. You know why I have religious persecution? Because of Jesus Christ. If I had no affliction in my body, I will never witness the power of God's healing. If I never have religious persecution, I will never know that he is Shalom. Hallelujah. If I never had a problem and everything was going just right and I didn't experience some shakeup in my life, I would never know that he is Jehovah Shammah. 
Come on, church. If I didn't have the winds blowing my life, I wouldn't know that he is Jehovah Jireh. I didn't have sickness in my body. I would know he's Jehovah Rapha. Praise God. Oh, praise God. If I didn't get weak and can't hardly get up to come to church, I would know he's Jehovah El Shaddai, the blessed one, the God of more than enough. Praise God. But be thou... Therefore, oh, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor, or, nor of me his prisoner, but be the partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to uh, the power of God. What Paul would tell us that I have in my body, marks in my body. Hallelujah. Amen. For the testimony of Jesus Christ. You think of the early church, how they were persecuted. They were driven. They were sought asunder. My, the things that they went through. Praise God. He said, well, I'm not in that age. Well, I tell you this. God is able to keep us. Amen. We are under an anointing that is able to keep us through the persecution, through the afflictions. Through all the ridicule, you are able to stand by God's grace. Cooling off spiritually happens when an individual dwindles gradually through a loss of interest in spiritual things. Alyssa Redbrand will tell us an identification. If you don't have a church, uh, you must see you'll die spiritually. You'll dwindle away. Come on, church. It dwindled gradually through a loss of, of interest of spiritual things. And, and I'm included with you. I'll tell you, none of us mind sitting down and watching a documentary. And we don't even ask how long it is. Come on. But when we go to put on Ten Commandments, man, that's four hours. See the interest that we have in spiritual things? Versus just things of this world. What is Satan feeding us? You got, you, you, you're entitled to it. You work hard. You got to rest. You, you got to reward yourself. You, you're working hard. You're taking your FM. You're doing all this. You got to relax. You got to reward yourself. You got to look out for a number one person. That's you. And God is saying, not so. What means I'm first. My family's next. And I'm last. Come on, church. Can I say that again? God's first. My family is next, and I am last. Are you with me now? I'm going to give you, I've given you these in the past. But here's some evidence of a cooling flame. Cooling flames happen when you neglect the Word of God. And what, what is the fire the Word of God is uh, to your Christian life? And I believe as a bride of Christ, you can't live effectively without it. God, rich in mercy, Brett Brown made a statement. He said, uh, to be an eagle of God, you've got to follow the word day by day. You've got to continue feed upon the word. Even when you don't even feel like reading it, Lord, this is your word. Heavens and earth will all pass away, but this is your word. I don't understand all of it. I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't even have the desire, but this is your word. You believe it? 
Solomon would tell us in Proverbs 26 and 20, he said, where no wood is, uh, there the fire goeth out. And as your flames for Christ begin to dwindle, you will experience uh, seven things. I'm going to give them to you quickly before I close. Number one, your prayer life changes. You begin to feel that God isn't listening. And that's the number one uh, Tactic of Satan is to tell you, stop praying because God will not listen to you. Are you with me now? I'm just going to give you a few. I'm going to give you a few things that causes our flames to dwindle. Your prayer life changes. Satan begins to tell you, there's no need to praying. You prayed and it didn't happen. You obviously, God isn't interested in you. No, God knows better for me. Praise God. I've learned to pray, not my will, but thy will be done, God. Hallelujah. I've come to a place where I will never dare God. God, if you don't do this, then I'm just going to tell you right now, then don't never get, listen, your hands are too short to box with God. Listen, church, your hands are too short to box with God. Let God be God of your life. Not my will, but thy will be done in my life. Number two, your church attendance becomes sporadic. You start making excuses not to go to church. Your teeth hurts. Your ear hurts. Your back hurts. Your foot hurts. Your big toe has got a crick in it. You got the flu. Let me ask you something. What doesn't hurt in our body? Everything hurt. When you pass a certain age, you get up it hurts. Because it's telling us there's a perfect body that God has for us. Praise the Lord. Number three, you give less consistently. You begin to feel that you can't afford to sacrifice much to God. That's right. Come on. I'm telling you, when your flames begin to dwindle. Amen. Well, God, I just can't afford it. Well, God, I just can't do this. God, I just can't do that. Don't never tell God you can't. There's no can't with God. It's with, with God, all things are possible. You're able to do what you do because with God, all things are possible. Number four, you become defensive about your lifestyle. You rationalize making compromises. I'm talking about how you start, you start dwindling. Your lifestyle starts changing and suddenly you begin to rationalize, rationalize uh, uh, and making compromises. I'm thinking, I can get deep on these, but I've got to hurry. Number five, you begin to lose your joy. And serving the Lord becomes a duty instead of a passion. Worry and fear replaces your joy. Lord, the joy of the Lord in my strength. Lord, I love you anyhow. Lord Jesus, you're everything to me. This don't mean that I don't have hell behind my heels. But Lord, I still love you. This doesn't mean that Satan hasn't hit me on the left side or the right side. But Lord, I still love you. This doesn't mean that I'm going through a lot of trials. But Lord, I still love you. Hallelujah. You know why God placed that trial upon you? Because he has confidence in you. 
and he knows you're going to come out praising him while the other people complain and the other people begin to uh, accuse God. God knows he has confidence in you, Shirley, that you're going to lift your hands up and say, he lets me walk down roads of disappointment. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. He lets things happen in my life for a reason. He let me go through certain things for a reason. And I've learned to trust in him. Sister Ashley, hallelujah, all the trials that we go through, hallelujah, is not enough. And because Jesus Christ is enough for me. You believe it? In all that I'm going through, hallelujah, I've had enough, but I know that he's more than enough for me. Can you say it with me? He is more than enough for me. You begin to doubt God, which is one of the greatest crimes committed in God's church. The crime of unbelief. And God says, this is not what, I, uh, this is why I brought this upon you. Because I want to bring out something in you. Oh, hallelujah. That will glorify my name. That will stop Satan in his track. And to prove to Satan, I'll tell you, this is my child. Today have I validated them. I'll close with this. Number seven, you stop paying attention to the Holy Spirit's convictions. God help us, Lord Jesus. If you're, if you're in this seventh category, something has happened with your walk with God. You need to right now say, God help me, Lord. Sadly, to say many are found in this critical place. And the only remedy would be to recognize your condition and to ask yourself, has my fire gone out? Has my fire gone out? As my, as my flames dwindle down to just mere ember right now, but there's hope for you. Eerie yeah. hymn, 1957, Brother Bram said, that's why in the churches is getting cold and cooling off. It's because we've been indifferent towards God. Right. And have you let everything become uh, preeminence but God? What is uh, superlative in your life this morning? What is first? The Bible said, thou hast left thy first. Thou hast left thy first. That word in the Hebrew is Pasco, first superlative, the first of your life, the beginning, the primary thing that is number one. Have you stopped to say, God, what, what do you think about this? Lord, I forgot to consult you about this. Or is he just secondary? After you've already done it, then you come to him and say, God, I forgot to tell you, but forgive me, but I just want to ask you this. I already have a ready mind, though. You ought to be number one. You ought to be the first person you consult in your life over everything, every decision, every move you make, and everything you do in your life. You believe that? What is that is so superior over God? Where is that yearning to be with God and his people? And I want you to listen now. This is God's final criteria here, criteria. Let's see in church age. He wants you red hot or freezing. Come on, church. Oh my, one or the other, don't be lukewarm. Just uh, pretend something that you haven't got neither. Be on fire for God or go back. Don't be lukewarm. My, what a challenge to us. God would rather us be, he, he would rather us be freezing or red hot. Isn't that true? God hates a person 
that, that cannot that cannot be stable. God wants your mind to be stable. If you're not going to serve him, then don't serve him. If you're going to serve him, then serve him with all. The one thing God hates is for a person, amen, to not know what direction they're going. Just enough to have a form of God, a form of godliness, but all the while denying the power. But the question I leave you with is, as your fire for God dwindle to just uh, cold ashes, if it has, begin to stir up the ember of your face and allow the Lord to make your life a bright flame of his glory. So, Lord Jesus, take me back. In a message, why little Bethlehem, as our musicians come, he says in 1950, oh, God, take me back to that place. Take me back to my first love. Is that your heart's desire? Lord, take me back to my first love. I've allowed things to just cool me down. Friends, church ought to be the happiest place that you go to. Not your job, not the ball games. Not the sport events. Nothing should be more joyous as being in the house of the Lord. Lord Jesus, I'm so happy to be at church. I think of my poor darling mama. Oh, she loved Jesus so much. When cancer ate up our body, she hardly had enough saliva in our mouth to spit. And our last words to me, and tears, barely tears coming. No, no, no uh, vapor in our body. That cancer is just so heavy there. And that tears just trickling down. And she said, oh, Joseph, oh, I just long to be in the house of the Lord. Just to lift my hands up to him and worship God. I said, oh, God. That view and that statement right there will ever stare me in my face. Hallelujah. When there was not enough moisture in our body, just a little tear coming from our eyes. And I wiped it and said, Mama, don't worry. You will and we will. If I can only be back in the house of the Lord just to lift my hands up and worship God. I said, oh, God, help me, Father, to put everything aside that we can be in the house of the Lord. Some of you this week maybe need to have a talk with your boss. And you need to let him know, listen, I'm going to tell you, if i got to come in an hour early or a little time, I'm early so I can be at church. You're going to have to work with me. Because my God comes first. So I can be in the midweek service. Or the Sunday morning service. Brother Bram said take me back to that place. Take me back to my first love. And I handwriting on the wall he says. Would you stand to your feet just a minute. I'm not asking you. So, oh God let be merciful. Run people. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Get to, to Christ. As quick as you can, get away from these modern walls of formalism. Get into the uh, middle of God's grace quickly. Is that your desire? And listen, I close with this. This was a preview of the bride. And she came through the process of these denominations, which only comes in experience, existence once. But the bride returns back again. In the last days, I will restore. See, the masterpiece is brought up. That's the reason she was in view, reviewed the second time. She was reviewed the first time. Then she was reviewed the second time. She was perfectly in the second time like she was the first time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Some of you worry what's going to happen to me. I got a message for you. You're going to be in review the second time as you was the first time. Come on, church. 
This is a review of the, of the bride. Amen. He said it there. And he said when she was reviewed the second time, she was perfectly the second time like she was the first time. Go and tell Satan right now, I'm going to be like I was the first time. I don't know what happened in between, but if I came in preview one time, I'm surely coming back in preview the second time. But when that little bride came in view, it was different. The Alpha and Omega, all the others never appeared no more. They went out, never came back again. But the bride came back because she was Alpha and Omega. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. You are the Alpha Omega bride. If you were in view the first time, you're going to be in view the second time. Oh God, have mercy, Brother Bram said. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Life, get into the grain right quick. Uh huh. If you don't know him, please hurry, hurry. If you feel life, get out of your sin, get out of the things that you're in. Get to the grain right quick. You'll die in the stock or in the tassel. You'll die in your man-made religion. You'll die in your man-made faith. You'll die in your head knowledge. It's got to be a heart revelation. Get into the grain church of God. You believe it? If the churches today would only recognize the word of God that's made this promise for this hour. That God has made for the promise of this hour. And I close with this in, in Hosea 2 and 5. He says, therefore I have used them by the prophets. The prophet's word, the humathanum, foreshadowing the coming word. And notice, though, that the Old Testament, humathanum uh, is gone, but the word is still the thing that identifies the characteristics of God. And God's characteristics is identified by the promise of the hour that we're living in. And in the Old Testament, Elijah was the word made manifest for that hour. Is that right? The same spirit of Elias is promised to manifest the word for this hour. Amen? Amen. Topping a visitation of Elohim to Abraham with a body-changing message. And Abraham was a prophet, therefore the word of the Lord came to Elohim. You believe it? Abraham was a prophet, therefore the word of Elohim came to him. You believe it? Same as John and Jesus. Jesus, the word, came to John, the prophet, in the water. And God has promised in this last day, just at the coming of the Son of Man, when he's being revealed, the setting will take place again like it was in Sodom. Elohim amongst his people, the Almighty God. That's what the scripture says, Elohim among the people. Do you believe it? Abraham had the last sign before Isaac came. Elohim manifested in human flesh, discerning the thoughts. You believe that? Identify Christ. And Abraham's seed is waiting for the promised son, Jesus Christ. They've seen the sign pouring out of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, divine healing, and so forth. But when the Son of Man is being revealed, Elohim will return back to the royal seed of Abraham and show the same thing that he showed in that day Amen, Elohim, as it was. Watch this. Amen, Elohim, as it was. Why? It will be the characteristics of God. 
I believe that God is bringing the people in this last age. That will be the very characteristics of God. The characteristics of God being manifest in this hour. Friends, we're not going to sit back. We're not going to let Satan dampen our walk with God. Some of you, you once used to be on fire for God. You sat under other pastors' ministry where you support and you serve God and you are on fire for God. And listen, there's no shortage of the word around this church. We got great evangelists and preachers and, and, and ministries that come through this church to stir your life. There should be no excuses why you're not further up the road than you are this morning. And Jesus said, one day he said, a wicked and adulterous generation seek after a sign. And they'll get a sign. And when was the world any more wicked in adultery and perversion than it is now? And what kind of sign did they receive? A sign of the resurrection. The rapture of the bride under Elohim's message. Let us all please stand. Like Cleophas and his friends, after the resurrection, recognized Elohim by the way he broke that bread. This is a Jesus message that we are following. That has taken us back to the first church, the Ephesians church. Friends, do you want to go back to that place? Is that your heart's desire? God, take me back to that place. Take me back to that place. I surrender my religiosity. I surrender all my all that I know. Paul said, I had to lose everything, forget all that I know that I may gain Christ. And did you know that Paul went to a theological school? Did you know that Paul sat under one of the greatest theologists there was, Gamaliel? And yet Paul said, I have to forget everything I know that I may know Jesus Christ. Some of us, we need to clear our heads out. Amen. Of all the religion and the know-it-allness in our minds and say, Lord, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. Is that your heart's desire this morning? Lord, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. Forget about all your quotes. I don't say the quotes aren't good. They'll come back to you when you forget about them. And then God will divinely reveal them to you. But hell, knowledge is not going to get you in a rapture. Intellectual knowledge is not going to get you in a rapture. If the message, all you know the message, sir, is an intellectual conception, you need to forget that and say, God, let me know you. And then bring me through the channel of Elohim. Hallelujah. You believe it? Oh, praise God. Let's love him. We appreciate you this morning. Thank you for take, giving me the time and to minister to you today because I was going to go a different direction. And I will yet maybe next week on the creation restored. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you where God is going to take you and what he's going to do for you. I'm going to show you that nothing in this life you're going to lose. Nothing here that is here belongs to Satan. It's all yours. I'm going to show you that you don't need to worry about anything because everything God's created, he created with you in mind. And you are the last creation that he created and nothing will defeat that last creation that he's made because the last creation, he gave power to rule upon all his creations. God bless you today. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord Jesus just for a moment as we sing uh, this song to the Lord. God bless you. You love him? Hallelujah.
It's in moments like these. I sing out a song. I sing out a song. I sing out a love song. Come on, sing it to him. To you, Lord. I want to hear you sing it to him. says, little bride, hurry, 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 bride, get into the grain. Hallelujah. You're not husk or shuck. You're the bride. And if you're grain, that means that you are harvest. And if you are harvest, mean that you will harvest. 
If there's a people in the last day, Brother Eber, that will harvest, that will be the bride of Christ. Those of you are worrying about lack and want and, and afflictions and persecution, you have been decreed in this age for such a time as this to be the harvest one, to be the Ruth of this age at harvest time. Praise God. You believe it. How many would just like to repledge their love to the Lord this morning? Why don't we just sing that song? I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all my heart, with all my strengths. Let's just pledge to Him before we close as we sing it together. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb with all of my strength, with all of my strength, with
world and rebrace our cross. Open one by one, let us live our lives for the one who died to give us life to the trust. proudly stand and boldly say I pledge allegiance to the land oh, with all of my strength with all I am I will seek to Don't regret a mile I have traveled for the Lord. No, and I don't regret one time I have traveled.
taking my cross, my sin, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in God bless you online until Wednesday evening. Put your hands and worship him. And when I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you, you fill my cup. 